Hello. In this episode, I thought I'd talk about times tables, partly because um, it's something I, when parents get in touch, I often talk about as it's um, easy to explain our methods of doing things, which I'll go into in a second. But also times tables, it's a bit like adding and uh, subtraction, division. It's kind of the foundations of maths. And without those, it's really hard to kind of like take your level of understanding any higher. So let me, if I go back to the beginning and, and start by explaining a little bit about how we learn, I apologize if you've heard this before and feel free to skip ahead. But one of the things I learned many years ago when I was learning about different learning styles and in particular dyslexia is that if, if as a parent, as an educator, you just keep giving the child one thing to do over and over again, which is very often worksheets. We can download them off the internet. We can buy the books where you just work through them from beginning to end. What we're doing is we're giving that, our ch that child one memory, one place to go to where it can find that piece of information. So then when they're sat in a class and the teacher suddenly goes, what's the answer to that? Or they're in a test and the question is this, what's nine times four or whatever the scenario is, for some reason they need that answer. Their brain only has one place to go to where it can find that piece of information. But if we use multiple different um, resources, that way we're helping them to create multiple different memories. So like I say, when a parent gets in touch, I often use times tables as an example because it's an easy one to use. So I might kind of suggest that um, we might play a pairs game or so you've got all the cards laid out on the table in front of you. Um, some have the questions on, some have the answers on, and you have to pick up a corresponding question and answer. Um, so, for example, I might pick up six times nine and I pick up 18. So that's wrong. So I put them back down where I found them and the other person has a go. They pick up six times nine and they pick up 54. They've got the pair. So they keep the pair and have another go. We might play bingo. We might play snakes and ladders. We might play uh, noughts and crosses. A lot of people know it as tic-tac-toe. So um, you draw the two vertical lines and cross them with two horizontal lines, creating a kind of like three by three grid. And then in each of those parts of the grid, you put a number. So um, up to generally speaking, up to 12. And then you pick the times table that you're practicing. So say it's fives. And in the bottom left hand corner, there's, some, um, there's been a number 11 written. So before I can claim that square, I have to work out what 11 times five is. I tell the other person the answer and then I can claim that, put my naught or cross or scribble or whatever you're using there. And it's just a really quick and easy game to prepare and play. And in fact, within five minutes, you've done sometimes tables practice for the day. And so that's one I often recommend to parents. And it's one that we can we often use at Clara James just to kind of like squeeze into two minutes before the lesson ends or something like that. But what's very common when we're supporting children with learning the times tables is that we'll do the twos, the fives, the tens, because they're easiest and that's the way they do it at school and the elevens as well, probably. Okay, so I've got the twos, the fives, tens, elevens in the bag sorted. And then we go back to going three, four, five, oops, sorry, three, four, got the fives, six, sevens, eights, nines, twelves. So kind of like doing the rest of them in chronological order, which is... It's fine, but there's easy, there's easier ways to do it. So the purpose of this, what I thought was I would explain um, the hows and whys of possibly working in a different order to a chronological order. So the one times table is obviously easy. That's just kind of like one times two. I've got one lot of two, so my answer is two. 
one to I've got one lot of three, so my answer is three, and it's it just carries on as so. Doubling is I presume talk fairly early on because it's easy to use kind of like physical objects to kind of like show you that I've got two buttons here and another two buttons here. So two add two is four, three add three is six. And because the child by this stage has probably already done kind of like basic adding, this is fairly easy that if I say to you four add four is and you'll go eight. And so I can then, I just have to adapt it slightly to kind of go, look, I've got, when I do four, add four, I've got two here. Oh, sorry, I've got four here and I've got another four here. So I've got two lots of four. What's the answer? And you'll go, oh, eight. So fours are, sorry, twos are quite straightforward. Then we come to the fives. No, let's come to the tens first because that's even easier because literally all I'm doing is moving the decimal point along one place and filling that gap with a zero. So all I'm making it 10 times bigger, hence it's times in by 10. So the 10 times table is literally okay, one times 10 is 10, one with a zero, two times 10 is 20, two with a zero, three times 10 is 30, three with a zero, etc. And no matter how big the number gets, we could do kind of like uh, 99 times 10 is 99 with a zero, 990. So the 10 times table is easy. So that would should logically come next. So we've done the twos, we've done the tens. Then we'd probably move on to the fives because again, that's got a nice easy pattern. The answers go five, zero, five, zero, five, zero. And then if we look a bit deeper, the odds end in a five. One times five is five. Three times five is 15. Five times five, 25. So all the odd numbers end in a five or the even numbers end in a zero. Okay, so, okay, that's quite straightforward. So, um, Next, we'd move on to the 11s. And once again, the 11s are quite straightforward because we've got 1 times 11 is 11. 2 times 11 is 22. So I've got the 2 and I just put 2, 2. I've got the 3 times 11, 3, 3, 3. And the reason that works is because I'm basically doing a 1 times 2 or 1 times 3 and then um, another 1 times 3, 1 times and just putting them in the proper position with their place values. And so the 11s are once again up to 9s, fairly straightforward. 10s we've already conquered because we know now that that's just a case of putting a zero on the end. And a trick that a lad I was working with the other day taught me was if I'm doing 12 times 11, no, sorry, 11 times 11, I split the 11s and I put a 2 in the middle. If I'm doing 12 times 11, I split the 11, um, I split the 12 and put a 3 in the middle. If I'm doing... Um, Actually, I'm going to stop there because doing it without writing this down, the brain is just going to confuse itself so it doesn't work on such a high level. So now I've done the ones, twos, fives, tens, elevens. So that's the first five I've pretty much conquered. But the thing is, it's the same with any times table Don't or with any element of learning. Don't try and rush. Just slow and steady rinse the race in this example. I mean, I was working with a child yesterday and they were kind of going, we were talking about something completely different. I think we were playing snakes and ladders and um, I was losing and I kind of like went, no, slow and steady wins the race. It's not an issue. I'm still going to beat you. And they went, well, no, because while you're going slow and steady, I'll have already reached the finish line before you're still kind of like caught up with me. Yeah, that's true. But in the case of learning times tables and most things, just do it slowly and make sure you've got your 100% confident with that bit before you move on to the next bit. Because if you try to rush, you're never going to have those foundations completely secure. And if they're not secure, it makes it so much harder to be able to move on to the next bit. So 
slow and steady. So the next one I recommend we do is the nine times table because there are so many tricks with the nine times tables. For, for example, when I write them down, I start with zero, nine, one, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five, five, four, etc. So my tens column is going up by one. My ones column is going down by one each time. So I can, if I'm at the early stages of learning it, I can just write it down potentially, hopefully, as a kind of bright, colourful poster, which by using at least five colours, again, it stimulates the brain in more areas, making it easier to remember. So whether this is for kind of like any learner, not just kind of like learn um, dyslexic, so I get my words out, not just dyslexic learners, which I know I started off talking about initially. But um, so it's nice and easy to see the pattern. The next thing you can also do is check, because if I say uh, five times nine is 45, so four out of five is nine. OK, I must be right. Um, eight times nine is 72. Seven out of two is nine. Um, let's try it more slightly harder one. Twelve times nine. OK, one zero eight, 108. One plus zero plus eight equals nine. And so no matter what the answer is, the digits will always add together to make nine. And it's just an easy way. If I if I tell you my answer is 73, seven plus three is 10. OK, I must have got that wrong. What is my answer? OK, 72. OK, I know I'm right now because seven plus two, nine. So it's just another really easy method of double checking your answer. And then the next example is going to be really hard to show you without actually physically showing you but um so if you're listening to this as a podcast i apologize and i hope what i'm about to say makes sense if you're watching it on youtube brilliant hopefully you can see my fingers so if we were if you were to be asked three times nine what you would do is put your hands out in front of you put your third finger on the left hand side down and everything to the left of your third finger are your tens everything to the right is your ones so counting from the left, I have 10, 20, switch. That's where my third finger is down. And I'll switch to the ones now. So I've got 20 already, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. Three times nine is 27. Okay, let's try another one. Let's try six times nine. So I put my sixth finger from the right, from the left, sorry, down. So once again, everything to the left is a 10. Everything to the right is a one. So I've got... 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, switch, 51, 52, 53, 54. Okay, and I always say switch when I get to the number that's down because that's kind of like that reminder that you stop counting in tens and you start counting in ones and that that, num that finger isn't actually included. And so for up to the 10 times, up to 10 times nine, that's a really helpful um, method to use. And it's... It either confuses people 100% and they don't want to go there or they love it and they grasp it really quickly. So hopefully it'll for you, it'll be one of those ones that you can just grasp and it makes life so much easier. Another method you can use is times by 10 and then take one group array. So say I'm doing three times nine. I could do three times 10 is 30, take off one group of three, which would leave me with 27. So as you can see with the nine times table, there's just kind of like an abundance of methods of helping you to learn it, which is why it's one of the ones I'd kind of like go, well, don't do it in chronological order. Do that first because it's so much easier. And then once you've got those ones, the rest of them can be much more 
haphazard, I guess, in the order in which you learn them. So, for example, um, and that's because they most of them can be cut down into smaller numbers. So, for example, if I was to give you seven times, to, you need to learn the seven times table. That's one of the harder ones. Yes, it is. But by now, you know, your five times table and your two times table. So if you were to break, supposing you were given, um, let me write this down for myself. So supposing you were given seven times eight as a question. OK, you know that five times eight is 40 and you know that two times eight equals 16. So if I add those two numbers together, I now have the answer to seven times eight because I've got five groups of eight here and two groups of eight here. So altogether, I've got seven groups of eight. So my answer is 56. And that suddenly makes the seven times table so much easier to learn because I know my fives, I know my twos, and I can add. And so, hey, presto, that's the seven times table. The six times table, again, you can split it. So it's five groups and one group. So five times whatever, one times whatever. The three times table you can do is three times, oh, sorry, two times and one time. Four, you could either do, what I would probably do is just double the answer to the two times table. So if I was asked, say, four times eight, I would go four times two, I know is 16. And so I'll just double that. So 16 add 16 is 32. Hey, presto, that's the answer. And so for the rest of them, that's how I would potentially approach them is by splitting it down into smaller numbers. So um, I hope that's really helpful. There's, we have um, a series of emails, which if you'd like to um, sign up for them, I'll put the link in the comments below. But each month we'll send you a series of resources um, associated. So for the first month, I think it's a two times table. There's a series of resources that you can use to help you support the two times, learn the two times table. I think the next month is potentially the tens. And so, again, there's a series of resources to help you learn the 10 times table. Um, if you're a member of the Clara James Approach, our membership group, which at the minute is about £3.50 a month, um, you'll find some resources again on the times tables in there. And we're also putting together um, basically a colouring by numbers, but the numbers are determined by the answers of the times tables. So if you would, if you're not interested in the um, times tables of, sorry, the Clara James approach or the other thing, but you want to kind of be kept up to date, keep listening to the podcast or um, let me know. And I can send you out each week. We do um, an email on a Monday, which is based around um, ideas supporting primary school children. And then on Thursdays, we have um, an email, which is based around ideas for supporting um secondary school children so if you think either of those would be in, of value for you let me know and I can add you to the list and ensure that you get them and um, if we do have anything you like the colouring books or anything or the topic books or new courses or anything else we often have competitions and giveaways within those emails so um, if any of it would, at all would be useful for you let me know and I'll make sure that you receive the emails Thanks for listening. And I will, on that note, say goodbye for me. I'm Dawn from Clara James Tutoring. Clara is my oldest daughter. Jamie is my son. The logo is an angel, which is named after my youngest daughter. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. And I hope this has been helpful.